Welcome to the One Signal Podcast, where we aim to educate listeners on product industry and best practices to grow a world-class customer engagement strategy. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. We've got a great guest today for you, Lee Monroe, head of design here at One Signal. Lee has a long history in product design around customer communications, early email stint. He was there early days at Mailgun, and he runs an email design template business and newsletter on the side. It's a side hustle, so to speak. And he's been at One Signal in design for nearly five years. We appreciate you joining today, Lee. Welcome to the podcast. That's right. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, excited to to join. So the the main topic du jour today, and I'm excited to have you on to talk about this, is some stuff you put out around anatomy of a of a push notification and just general design principles and why you'd be using push and how to use push. I'm curious though to step back from a career path. How did you end up in design? How did you end up in email at Mailgun, and then obviously end up here at OneSignal? Yeah, uh, so well, I go back to the early days of web development. So I had a GeoCities site back in the day. I had a, a WWE fan site that I actually got a cease and desist for back uh, back in the early days of, of the web. That's good. Uh, so that was, my, that was my claim to fame when I was 15 years old. But uh, yeah, I went to university, studied design, web development, and had a couple of businesses that I, I tried to get off the ground that didn't really get any traction. And eventually I ended up in California. So went over to California, worked for various startups over there for 11 years. And just recently actually moved back. I'm speaking to you from Belfast today. So recently moved back to Belfast, Northern Ireland. Your accent comes out a little when you talk about Belfast. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have a twang and it comes and goes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it was over there, worked for various startups, got into messaging whenever I, I joined Mailgun. Yeah, early days of Mailgun, I was the only front-end developer, designer, product person on the team back in those days. It was wearing a lot of hats, which is super interesting, and getting more involved with the email community and HTML email templates as well. And whenever I seen this position available at OneSignal, like you mentioned, going back five years, I thought this is super interesting, right? They're not just doing one channel, they're doing all channels. And especially push, I just seen like the market for push it was only going up. A super interesting opportunity. And yeah, that's how I landed here. Nice. And we worked together in the old treehouse, which was a, actually wasn't truly a treehouse, but it was an office building that was, I think we're on the fifth or sixth floor. And it was a small space, but there's trees all around us. You felt like you were in literally working. That's right. San Mateo. Good times. San Mateo, California. Exactly. We're still based, but unfortunately Lee flew the coop and went back to family <laughs> and we miss him. Okay. So appreciate that and love to get into. So really specifically, and I'll put in the show notes links to both of these articles. But one was written on the one signal blog talking about the anatomy of a push notification. And the other one was just talking in general about push design. I'm really demystifying the category. I'd love for you to summarize what you were thinking in both those articles. And then we can go into some detail around some areas that I think are of, of great interest for hopefully most people listening to this podcast. Yeah, totally. So I guess push specifically, right? It's it's pretty new in comparison to when you think about email. Email's like 50 years old at this point. SMS, 30 years old. Uh, push notifications have only been around just over 10 years, starting with the iPhone. So it's still relatively new to people. So uh, when you say push, some people still are not quite sure what you mean. And when they do know what you mean, what they imagine is a push notification on their phone, on their device, right? So if you've got an iPhone, you're probably just picturing an, what an iPhone notification looks like. But for you know our customers, 
product people, engineers, marketers, they need to know what do these push notifications look like across all these different devices that they're sending to. So that was the idea behind the push notification design anatomy, just helping our customers and our users better understand what do these look like across the different operating systems that I don't have access to, right? So if you're using an iPhone, you probably don't know what an Android notification looks like. If you're using uh, Mac OS, you probably don't know what it looks like on Windows and so forth. Or some people are even familiar with web push, right? So they, when you say web push, they think, what does that mean? What does that look like? So it's really just to try and consolidate all that in one place. So there's a source of truth. I'm like, here's how that all looks. Here are the ones that support images, the ones that don't support images. Here are the things you need to consider, like the length of the content and the character limits, yep. things like that. And then the other uh, article you wrote in Smashy Magazine, which was the ultimate guide to push notifications for developers, was that trying to demystify just push notifications in general for that audience? Yeah, so I guess it was similar thought, but Smashy Magazine being more a web development audience, focused on developers. So it goes into a little bit more about how you might implement this yourself, but you should probably use a service like OneSignal, right, to do it for you because we're going to be staying up to date with the latest and greatest features, sets, and, and so forth, and we'll make sure things don't break. But yeah, that was the goal there. And then also you see this sort of pivot towards, uh, I think traditionally, like developers have been in charge of the push notifications that are being sent, like developers, product managers, and so forth. These days, though, marketers, right, are more in charge of the whole life cycle of messaging. Yep. So you're seeing marketers who traditionally maybe spent a lot of time in email, they're now picking up SMS and are picking up push notifications as well. So it's really this type of content helps educate those personas. Like, how do I use these push notifications within what I'm currently doing? Like those lifecycle campaigns and those, those journeys that I'm currently sending to my users. How do I utilize more channels to retain those users or to convert them? Yep. So another question for you that's a little bit off the pre-read script when you think about your experience in email, which obviously is much longer, you, you alluded to that. In fact, we've actually frequented the, the location where the first email was ever sent and you nailed it. it That's right. It was almost exactly, it was like 51 or 52 years ago, I think, at a place called Alpine End here in the Bay Area. But when you think about the kind of year-to-year -year changes to capabilities within email versus push, compare and contrast that. Is there big changes in email? Because I know every year there's iOS or Android or even the browsers will make adjustments to how pushes can be designed, features and functionality. Is that something for folks, marketers, developers to be thinking about? So email hasn't changed a lot, right? You have new technology like AMP for email, you might have heard of, which is enables your, your emails to be a bit more interactive and do some functionality, like JavaScript type functionality, but there's there's limited support, right? It hasn't got full adoption. And you know, different email clients support different things. It's the age old, you'll hear email designers and developers always complaining about having to design their emails like it was 1999 for browsers back in the day with tables and making sure their CSS is in line and so forth. So you know, there's some advancements I would say with email there, but when it comes to you know, how a marketer thinks about email, I think it's just the same thing, right? You're thinking about personalization, segmentation, uh, deliverability. It's, just, it's the same thing. With push, right, push shorter lifespan, I think we've seen different operating systems 
start to come together and be a bit more consistent in terms of the presentation of those push notifications, right? So each operating system maybe introduced their own type of notifications, but over the years, those have sort of converged to look more similar and to support the same type of stuff, right? You've got your title, your inscription, your image. Yeah, so there's definitely those types of things. They're, they're converging and being more consistent. Yeah. Okay, that's good. One of the things you do in both articles, and we talk about this a lot internally, is framing the design consideration by categorizing the messages, right? You have transactional messages and you have promotional messages. Can you synthesize the difference between those two and and also then talk about how maybe you would think about design differently? Yeah, so transactional, something triggers a message to be sent to you or someone. So if you order uh, an Uber, for example, you're going to get a bunch of transactional messages as your order is placed, your Uber is on its way, your Uber has arrived, right? Those are all transactional and one-to-one messages. And then promotional are more, you're trying to promote something. So here's a new blog post. Here is a Black Friday deal. Here is the deal of the week type of thing. And it's it tends to be more of a, a blast or a campaign across a lot of people. In terms of yeah, design considerations, like visual design, same thing, right? You're dealing with the same same stuff there. But in terms of how you design the experience, definitely a different mentality. Like how do I fit if you're sending messages across different channels, email, SMS, push, how do I bring push into this chain of messages into this journey that isn't disruptive, that is still valuable, that you know user gets value from it and doesn't feel like spam, right? So you want to make sure that they're not getting multiple emails or multiple channels at the same time all the time, right? You still want it to be timely. You still want it to be relevant. So certainly different with transactional, you expect that to be immediate. It's like something happened. I get a message with, with promotional. You definitely want to consider, right? How does this fit into the full journey? Yep. Okay. When you just think about strategy, so if you're building your, on your own business, when a user comes in, how do you think about onboarding messaging to really drive, get them to impact? Like in the case of your side hustle, are you thinking about how do I drive them to make that first template purchase? How do you think about the design and just architecture of that? Yeah, yeah alluding to that. Yeah, so I sell email templates on htmlemail.io, a set of, set of HTML responsive templates. And yeah, I've got it set up in a way where I've got drip campaigns, I've got lead capture, right? So there's certain inputs there that capture these visitors' email and I give things away for free, like here's a free template or here's some email content. And then I'll set up a a journey that hits them with messages over the course of the next several weeks or months with uh, educational content. So I try to educate them. And at some point in the drip campaign, I will have my cell, like here's the email templates and and here's a discount code. But 80% of the content is more educational and I'm giving stuff away for free, right? So it's less of a sell, more supportive and help educate others. Yep. I also have an abandoned cart set up. So if someone looks like they're about to purchase, but then they don't, I'll re-engage with a push notification shortly after to try and pull them back to the website so that they can complete that purchase. Yep. And the same with email. Do you think about, you talked about a couple of really good things there. One was the fact that you're building trust and having impact along the, the way by giving away or educating. And obviously you're using what I consider the two workhorse channels, which are email, which is 
or long form asynchronous and push, which is short form, real time. And so they work in conjunction. But do you find that there is there any, any different design aspects that you would apply to these different life cycles? Or is it similar template? You want consistency of logo, look and feel, tone. And so you're not changing the design much in the look and feel? Yeah, definitely experiment with different things there. A-B tested a lot in the past just to see what works, what doesn't work. Sometimes it will surprise you. Sometimes a, a bare bones email that doesn't look like a HTML template performs way better because it looks like, oh, this is Lee reaching out just with some content. It's not a company trying to look good or has invested time in like a, a snazzy email template. So sometimes it's been interesting just to see that work. In terms of push notifications, yeah, with email, you've got the option of give them short content, have them click through, give them long content, have them spend more time reading the email. Yep. With push, you're somewhat limited in the content there. So it's usually just try to get them to click through. But definitely A-B tested push notifications as well to see what works. Like with emojis, without emojis, bit more content, less content, image or no image. I usually find that include an image, include an emoji. That's usually very helpful. Gets people's attention and it stands out. Looks good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. What are some general best practices that you would apply going back to the push notification design anatomy? If you had to give out three or four, these are always things to be thinking about. These are the best practices. What would they be? Yeah. Let's go back to prompting to start with, right? First of all, you want to get your users to opt in yep. to notifications. All the time you'll you'll see this where you arrive at a website and it's gonna pop up. Here's a cookie consent form. Here's a bot to chat to. Here's our latest and greatest feature that we just released. Don't leave our site. Give us your email. And then, hey, push notifications, opt in, right? <laughs> so many distractions. And yet the valuable content, the content that the user came to the site for is behind all that. If we focus on the push notification prompt there, you want to educate and tell your users, here's what you're going to get by opting into push notifications. Like here's, the, here's how often we'll send push notifications. Here's what you might get. You might get deals. You might get weekly updates, you might get updates about a certain category that you care about or like a certain news category. So it's important to give context there and make sure you provide, it's clear what the value is. And then you could also use a pre-prompt. That's important because you get one opportunity to have users opt in, right? If they decline, then you're not able to use a native prompt in your browser or on your phone again. So we always recommend using a pre-prompt or a soft prompt. So that's like a, a UI first. So here's why you should opt in. Do you want to opt in? You click yes, and then you see the actual prompt after that. Yep. So that's helpful. And then in terms of other best practices, yeah, just um, not spamming your users, just making sure that you have set those expectations on how often they'll receive notifications. Like if it's news, you probably want notifications quite often. Whereas if it's like promotional deals for food delivery. Maybe you just want that once a week, right? So you just got to be careful with uh, how often and put some frequency capping in there basically if, to make sure that you don't overwhelm them. Also, just when it comes to the design, always using an image, using emojis, A-B testing, making sure you personalize those messages, right? Using like, hi, Josh, that helps a lot. Segmenting and making sure that you're focused on different segmentation. Yeah, those are the best practices that come to mind. Okay, that's good. Uh, one last question for you, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but you talk about it in the article, particularly the one on the anatomy. 
Why do you think so few businesses are leveraging mobile web push and specifically in iOS where some of the data I see is like 65% up to 90% of all web traffic now is coming from some mobile device, whether it's a tablet or likely a smartphone. And yet so few people implement this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, mobile push for iOS is only recently supported. Okay, so for years, Android supported web push, but iOS just recently supported it. And they did put some rules into place. So you have to add the website to your home screen in order to have users opt in to push notifications for that website. There's a couple of steps there that aren't typical for the other operating systems. I'd say that affects things, and there's probably just awareness, right? Since it's recently, it's more recently, it's probably less people doing that. Yep. And it's not just adding to your home screen. You have there's, there's a couple of other things to do, like adding a manifest file and so forth, like which involves a bit more, an, an additional step. You have to get your developer involved. So I imagine that's the main reason. I think if you know Apple chooses to maybe change some of those rules, uh, you know we could see definitely more people opt in over time, and we'll see more websites adopting web push there as well. Yep. Okay. I hope you're right. I guess it is only a matter of time, but it's an interesting one, in particular with iOS, given that they've just rolled it out. But Lee, I really appreciate you joining the podcast. I think the content is great, by the way. The As I mentioned earlier, there'll be links uh, in the show notes to go look at or read both of these articles. We can get a ton of great detail from Lee. So thank you for joining the podcast, Lee. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Also, I'll mention there's also a Figma file out there that I... I made a couple of years ago a UI kit that's on Figma. So very helpful. It's had over 40,000 downloads. A couple of blog posts that are out there, very useful. Also, any designers that are listening or marketers that are familiar with Figma, you want, you might want to check that out as well. Cool, and I can add a, I can add a link to that, the Figma kit in the show notes as well. So anyhow, if you appreciate, enjoyed this, please write a nice review. We live off those. And if you're looking for a great customer engagement software, push notification software, Come to onesignal.com. Over 1 million companies across the globe have tried it. You can try it today for free. In the meantime, have an awesome day. Thank you. Thank you.